like a full-blown lumberjack guy. Uh, let's see, what was it? Like a month ago, I finally trimmed it. It was, I, I measured it four inches. <laughs> a little extreme. No, that's awesome. Are you kidding me? It looks so, oh, Dan, Anthony went invisible. Yeah, where did Anthony go? So, Paul, you're a professor at BYU then? Yeah, yeah. I'm a nerdy children's lit professor at the, the BY. Are awesome. you just having a summer break beard and then you have to shave to a mustache when school starts? <laughs> That's a good question. No, um, I actually got the, the shaving exemption. I just showed them that I have curly hair and that it kind of goes into my skin and so I don't have to shave anymore. Yes. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like a minor victory, a victory, but I'll still claim it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stick it to the man, I say. <laughs> yeah, I totally got him that time. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. I feel like, okay, so Jason and Sean, it's probably been just a 17 years since mm-hmm. we've spoken. What's, yeah, what's yeah. going on in life, guys? Got a kid? <laughs> J- Jason, you're up. Jason, Jason you're up. It's my turn. Yeah. All right. Uh, just hanging out. Married, wife. <laughs> Uh, kid, married, uh, right. gardening, yeah. Stuff. Okay, and I know that is it your side. Hu- I listened to the other one, and your side hustle is reptile YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. So I, man, I can't. What, what's your What's your normal hustle? You can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah. What's your normal hustle? My normal hustle. <laughs> I work uh, for a financial tech a fintech company uh, here. Well, down in Orem. And uh, I do product management. So I work with the developers and focus on the customer experience and all that fun stuff. Gotcha. So you're, you, you're in Utah. And Sean, did you say you were living in, in Texas now? Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Houston. I married Carrie uh, Peterson, who you, I don't know how well you knew her freshman year. But yeah, we got married after knew, our uh, missions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got two kids. We're in Houston. I'm a geologist. I work in environmental consulting. So lots of like soil and groundwater testing and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, we've been out here in Houston for like five years now. So. And then you were saying you don't think Houston is the final stopping place, right? Like I sure hope not. <laughs> Do you, yeah. Are you like targeting one geographic region over another or are you just kind of... I- we're kind of trying to figure that out. We so my first job out of school was in Portland, and we loved it there. Yeah. But I mean, it's not a very high-paying job, especially out yeah. there. Yeah. So we just, you know, we came out here basically to get some work experience and make some more money. Um, so we'd like to get back there, but I just don't know how feasible that is. So we're kind of exploring our options, and then the pandemic hit, so there just aren't really jobs right now. Surprise. So I'm just kind yeah. of yeah, I'm just kind of glad to have a job and. You know, we'll hunker know. down here for a while. But. What a weird time to be a human, right? My mm-hmm. <laughs> Anthony, you keep. This is like the third different place where we've seen you. What? What? Have, and you're. Andy's on mute. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. He's like. I don't want to talk. <laughs> well, my kids would just be on that, so I put myself on mute. But yeah, then I mean outside, so that it would be less of the distraction. Yeah. <clears throat> And Chad, you're in California somewhere. Where in California are you? I'm in Las Vegas. That's not California at all. <laughs> no. Did somebody say it was East California? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, I've Quite. been in Vegas this whole time. So last time we spoke was the Paul Part Two episode. Is that right? Of, um, of the uh, Escape from think, U-Haul podcast. I think I was I... a one. I think I was a one and done. I I, I would, oh, might yeah. not have been cool enough to get the call back. That's true. And then um... that's true. <laughs> don't don't mince words, man. <laughs> did we? Did I see you at the park? Before that podcast or after, when you lost your wallet and you were, had a bunch of kids around you? Yeah, so I was I was doing social work with um, some teenagers, and I had lost my wallet, <laughs> and it was like four kids who were on the autism spectrum and who were not not okay with the the situation, and I was and I I wasn't in a great place. And you're just like, hey, Paul, I'm like, hey, I lost my wallet. I remember you. You're super cool. Like, I gotta make sure these kids don't do anything bad to each other. And, it, and I was really glad that there was an opportunity to just be less stressed when when we spoke again. So, so in in Utah, I was a um, long range radar analyst for wind turbines. And I did that for the Air Force, and then I was doing that for Homeland Security. And then I got a job for the Department of Energy, DOE, in Uh Las Vegas at the test site. And I just got a promotion. I am a principal scientist. Nice. (laughs) I was a senior scientist, and now I'm a principal scientist. Dang. (laughs) Senior scientist sounds just as cool, but but I'm glad that you're moving up in the world, whatever that means. I don't know. The hierarchy, senior to principal to... It goes, scientist, scientist two, senior scientist, principal scientist, and then senior principal scientist. <laughs> it comes back around with the senior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just messing with you, man. But I'm a GIS developer. I make like web mapping applications and normal web applications that don't have maps. So I just I make websites. I think Anthony and I like there's one of those 85-15 like serious to jokes ratios where we're like, haha, like those are all big words we don't understand, but legitimately <laughs> I I was like having a hard time making sense of, of the words that were being thrown at me. And I was just like, Yeah, this is testing my intelligence and I'm I'm not passing. But <laughs> but it sounds like you're crushing it, which is really cool. <laughs> so you know like those COVID dashboards that have the map with the dots and then the the charts and graphs like that Johns Hopkins one. Yeah. And stuff. So that's yeah. a, that's a GIS application and it's a template. And I make those type of web applications internal for the DOE. See, and I feel like what you did was like what you do when your kids friends come over and they, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, what I do is, and I really appreciate that. So <laughs> Dumbing it, was, it down for us. Yeah, well, I think it might have been specifically targeted in my direction, but I still appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> well, my favorite story was how you had your your uh, what was you? You were a theater major. You had your thesis. You were ready to go into the thesis, and you had all your your papers ready, and you throw them in the garbage and decide to change your major. <laughs> I know. Like, if I ever. Not that I'm ever gonna want to make a movie about my life, but if I ever do, like that'll be my yep. the the scene, you know, where somebody will have to dig deep, <laughs> <laughs> have to really emote as they throw something in a large garbage bin. <laughs> oh gosh! So where you went and got like uh, your PhD somewhere, right? 
and then lived yeah. there for a while. Where was that? Yeah, so we were out at Penn State until about a year ago. Okay. And then um, kind of cast a wide net as far as trying to get jobs, and BYU hired me back. So we've been in the Mecca Provo for, uh, yeah, just, I think we just, just passed the year mark. Where do you live? We live off, uh, sorry, 1000 East, 125 North. So kind of um, about a mile and a half south of campus. Okay. I just walk to walk to work every day and everything's closed off so I don't see anybody and it's a really weird time to be a professor. I was in Utah last week for a funeral and Mayor didn't let me stay at his house. Nope. So that's one more tick of not being like as close as friends as we used to. Yeah, because you guys, you guys kind of confronted that one as well, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I put the olive branch out. I was like, hey, Mayor, can we have a sleepover at your place? And he shut it down immediately. I did shut it down. Listen, <laughs> listen. We're being hardcore about the the, the pandemic. So. The, the Neil like, Diamond love on the rocks. <laughs> invite, like, another, like, outsiders into our home? No way. And then yeah. it was uh, it was Saturday night. We were like up at um, Vivian Park area, mm-hmm. and then all, and we had a bunch of family there on Rachel's side, and we're like, let's go and walk around BYU. So we all drove down, parked at the uh, the fine arts or the the museum, and then went on a walking tour down the RB stairs and back, and it was a ghost town. Like we didn't yeah. see anybody. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. No, it yeah, it's completely abandoned. To get into any of the buildings, you have to have like the the fobs, and uh-huh. I I don't really know what it's going to look like in the fall. I think some um, professors are opting to have face to face learning situations, but I don't really know what that'll mean because you still have to keep like eight feet from everybody, and they can't share supplies. And I don't I don't know that like how many rooms are made for. Uh, the zombie apocalypse <laughs> so it's it's weird i'm i'm just um doing kind of like asynchronous and synchronous like online stuff for mine because I, I didn't see the point if i like my, my classes i have a couple courses and each one would have 35 students only five of whom could like be in the room and then if i brought any books for them to look at they couldn't even like if I touched any of them, they couldn't touch the materials. And then if one person liked something, then they couldn't pass it to somebody else and say, Hey, look at, you know, so I was just like, that's kind of dumb. So, I mean, it's not, it's not dumb to keep that distance. It's not dumb to take those precautions, but I thought it would be dumb to put five people in that room and have 30 people zooming in, watching them, you know, not, not touching the books that I brought to class. So (laughs) taking turns. Yeah. Taking turns, not touching them. So, so if I go on to like look up Paul <laughs> Ricks at BYU, rate my professor, have you looked at those at all? Is that a real? No. Thing? Is that a thing? Can you? Is are you there? I don't know. I've I've I taught for two semesters, so maybe I've gotten some ratings, but I haven't. I haven't Jason's looked at looking it up right now. <laughs> I think I've looked up your bio just on the school website, Paul, and. It's very obvious you wrote the bio. It's very Paul Ricks. It's got a style. bunch of spelling errors and stuff. <laughs> no, it's just like very jokey. And... Ooh, okay. Oh no. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You guys ready? Paul's class. 
This is not fun. Well, let me, let's let's just share the screen. I can share the screen. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, a four point right. eight, which is pretty good out of five, right? Ooh. Uh, 100% say they would take again. Great. That's great. Uh, 3.3 level of difficulty. I, I'm assuming it's out of 100,000. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Top tags. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, get ready to read. Skip class. You won't pass. Inspirational. Oh, inspirational. Uh, participation matters. Uh, wow. He's the most helpful rating. He is my favorite professor. He is hilarious, insightful, and a great teacher. I thoroughly enjoyed his class and wish I had time to take it again. There is absolutely no busy work, and he is eager to help all students succeed. Oh, man. I want to take you as a professor. <laughs> yeah, great. zero thumbs up and zero thumbs down. Like, that one person was the one who rated me. <laughs> most helpful <laughs> with zero ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, look at all these glowing, glowing ratings. Oh, yeah. Good job, Paul. Glad oh, I asked. <laughs> oh, that is kind of embarrassing, but so when does, I don't even know. When does school start for you, Paul? Uh, August 31st. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when the, the first classes will begin. Cool. Yeah. Anthony, you're up. What do I need? <laughs> I don't know. You just do, do a... Tell us about you. Tell us about you. Oh, we live here in Salt Lake City. And we have four kids. It, it is my baby girl's one-year-old birthday today. And it's a good day to be born. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Jason. <laughs> 37, Jason? What are you, 36, 37? 36. Woo! Nigh unto death. 36. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's mainly what I do is take care of those four kids. Um, we are, because um, of the pandemic, so like school district is opting for online, which we support, but we didn't think that would be a good fit for our kids. So we're going to be homeschooling over the next year, which is a new challenge. Um, not something we ever thought we would do, but. So we've been prepping for that. Um, I, uh, I think you guys know I went to grad school for creative writing a few years ago. And we've lived in California. That was in Maryland. We've lived in California, and since California, we moved to Salt Lake. We bought our home here in Salt Lake with my parents, so that's a huge help. Um, and this fall, uh, I found my... My thesis advisor, like my favorite professor I ever had, um, has a writing group of former students that he works with. They normally meet in Baltimore, but because of the pandemic, it's all online now. And so I'm going to be part of a writing group with a bunch of my former peers and my favorite teacher that I ever had. Um, awesome. Starting in a few weeks. No, that's great. That is cool. Yeah. Well, I started writing down my dreams. <laughs> every like, day like your ambitions or like the things that happen like when you, you literally fell asleep yeah, no when i wake up i write down my dreams oh okay okay <laughs> chad you when you were in brazil and you wrote me letters you told me about the dreams you have no yeah, I, I remember that too like I, I started a dream journal on my mission that was so inspired I. by chad's dream journal yeah, yeah. i did the same thing because oh. i had an online website that i'd post your guys' oh, dreams yeah. to uh-huh <laughs> 
Oh, that <laughs> sounds. It was like <laughs> it was like dream social media before social media existed. Mm-hmm. With three people. MySpace. <laughs> wow. That website exists still. It's it's amazing. What's oh, it called? Um, but yeah, it's been every day since oh, like June first. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to writing wise. Just trying to a lot. <laughs> Tell us about your fancy new microphone. Yeah, um, you look so official. It's not it a new microphone. Really good. It's I got this mixing console. And you can plug this microphone into the mixing console and then the mixing console into the USB and it gives it phantom power, not the full 48 volts, but just enough to sound good. So there's no extra power to it. So now I can talk in this, this microphone into the computer. I'm really excited about it. Because are like Joe Rogan. <laughs> That's right. I can be a podcaster. After six years and I don't know how 50 episodes and how many hundreds of hours of podcasting, I finally set up a podcasting microphone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys listened to the last, um, the first episode and Jason and Sean were on the first episode. Yeah. Apologies that I wasn't able to make it. Oh, we tried. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, are you for real next month, Jason? Which Sharknado do you want to do? The original, or do you want to do the Sharknado? You want to do Sharknado Four? I think that's a new one that's coming out. In five D. <laughs> I told Rachel that it was it was going to be Sharknado, and she got excited and wanted to watch it with the family. <laughs> Not with. With her, your kids? Yeah. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen them. Oh, uh, I watch almost any shark movie just because <laughs> of the sharks. Like I don't, I don't watch like most other just like random popular movies, but I'll watch any shark movie. I think the most recent Sharknado, I think it's Sharknado Four, is there's sharks in space. So. <laughs> <laughs> So this podcast just becomes like mystery science theater at that point, and then <laughs> that I I could be I'm supportive of that. I mean, it's nope, always evolving, not right? Pick, <laughs> that's not. Oh, that. well, you got to choose something that's available, unless you want us to go out to a library and rent it. But I'm not spending money. Okay, I have an idea. All right, think about it. So did everyone watch uh, Midnight in Paris? Well, that yes. works. I think Jason's screen worked great. Do you want to share that uh, trailer? Probably yeah. do like the Midnight in Paris official trailer HD 2011. Okay. Or just Midnight in Trailer, Midnight in Paris dash trailer from Warner Brothers UK. Oh, I should probably share my screen, huh? And share computer sound yeah true that okay this one double true uh i don't care all right well i've clicked it let's make sure it's not too loud is that good yeah it's great 
Yeah. This is unbelievable. There's no city like this in the world. You're in love with a fantasy. I'm in love with you. What are you, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> Dad's here in business, and we just decided to preload a lot. Oh. <laughs> That's great. We can spend some time together. Well, I think nice. we have a lot of commitment, but I'm sure it's... We'll, what? If I'm not mistaken, Rodin's work was influenced by his wife, Camille. Rose was the wife. No, he was never married to Rose. I hope you're not going to be as antisocial tomorrow. I'm not quite as taken with him as you are. He's a pseudo-intellectual. Slightly more tannic than the 59. I prefer a smoky feeling. Carol and I are going to go dancing. Dancing? Oh. We heard of a great place. Interested? No, 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 no. Sure. I, I, I don't want to be a killjoy, but I, I, I need to get a little fresh air. I'll end up going on another little hike tonight. Where'd Gil run off to? I've been walking around Paris. Where do you think Gil goes every night? He walks and gets ideas. Why are you so dressed up? I was just doing a little writing. You dress up and put on cologne to write? Because you know how I think better in the shower and I get the, the positive ions going in there. I had a private detective follow him. And what happened? I don't know. The detective agency says the detective is missing. I'm in a very perplexing situation. The murder mystery. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a misleading trailer. Super misleading. <laughs> like where if they would have just chosen a different song to play behind it, maybe we would have gotten a better idea of what the movie's all about. Or at least shown one scene from the 20s. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the best parts were in the twenties. I didn't really. Okay, care hold on. For... Oh yeah, go on. Before we jump into the movie, Sean, what made you pick that movie? So, um, a big part of it was because it was PG thirteen, and I wanted to make sure <laughs> that like nobody felt excluded, or like they had to exclude themselves. So I was looking just through everything on Amazon and Netflix and whatever, and I remembered watching it. I saw it in the theater and loved it. And I saw it once, like, shortly after it came out. And it came out in, like, 2011. So I've I've seen it twice before, but I hadn't seen it for eight years. And so I was wondering, you know, does this still hold up? Is it still good? I really wanted to watch it. So I was deciding between that one and True Grit, which came out about the same time and is sort of the same story for me. And I I settled on this one because it's something that I would say is one of my favorite movies, but then I hadn't seen it for eight years. So it's like, let's, let's watch this again and see how it holds up. So... That's the story. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> Thanks. How did and, it hold up? Yeah. It was more of a detail, not a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Did you just quote? You did. There's a callback to the movie. Wow. <laughs> it's more of a detail. Um, so how did it hold up? I I liked it as much as I did before, but I so, like, my overall impression of this movie is I love it, but I feel like I'm just watching it and I'm kind of along for the ride. And so the fact that I knew that we were going to be talking about it and, like, thinking and taking notes on what was going on made me enjoy it a little bit less than if I had just watched it. But I still really, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I can see it. Did you, did love, anybody go like, into a deep dive of 1920s French artists? Did you like? Did anybody research that? I can't or? hear anybody. Oh, I mean, I I know a bunch of that stuff already. <laughs> John, you can't hear us. Okay, I got you back. Sorry, that was hardware issue. Did you know uh, a bunch was... of the artists or just the the um, the authors? Uh, not all of the artists, but a lot of the artists. That was one of my notes. Was like they were name dropping people that yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to know this guy? Like, oh okay. <laughs> I, w- I wish I paid more attention to uh, art history class. Jeez. Yeah, I definitely know more of the names now than I did the first time I saw it. Like, um, he, at one point, Gil is dancing with somebody before he goes and talks to Marion Cotillard's character. And she's like, oh, how is Dancing with Juna Barnes, who's an author from the 20s, who I didn't know at the time wouldn't have, like that would have just washed over me at the time. But now it's like, oh, cool, I'll call out to Juna Barnes. <laughs> yeah, I had to learn about her from the IMDb trivia section. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give that one a pretty good scroll as well. I, uh, well, and I felt like... Um, if I did know who the authors were, or if I did know who the artists were, what I really knew was like one little blip thing about them and nothing, you know, like I couldn't consider myself like a Hemingway scholar or a Picasso scholar or anything like that, where it was just like very like pop culture at best, you know, type of engagement with it. But so Anthony, we're once again, I don't know for we mere mortals, but it was still still a pretty good ride. You guys are the intellectuals with the uh, or the the academy pseudo intellectual. <laughs> right. Yeah, most of um, I think I, just really briefly, I liked it a little bit less because uh, like all of the characters were very painful for me, like just in terms of like. Um, probably like things maybe even that I recognize in myself a little bit, but like, <laughs> like even even Gil is like, man, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what is what is his life like? Like, his this whole like quest just to be in Paris, like like what like that doesn't that doesn't like add up to a life. Like, what meaning do you get out of that? Like. Uh, they were all just a little. Um, I felt like well, the first time I saw, I just thought that uh, Rachel McAdams and um, what's that? And uh, what's his name? Charlie Owen Sheen. Wilson. No. Uh, Mar- or, uh, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Uh, those characters were just like insufferable. But I, I also thought that uh, Gil was that way a little bit. Just, uh, I, I loved agree. Michael but, Sheen. I loved it. Yeah. Everything, every time he was on, I just—I'm a huge Michael Sheen fan. As soon as he says like, "I might be mistaken," and then you know he's never going to back down from it. You're like, "Yes!" Like we all know he says like that, that like four times. Yeah, I know. And then, and then when I might be mistaken, like, no, I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. And his wife's like, are you fighting about this? He's like, yeah, yes, I am. Are you arguing with it? Whatever. Yes, I am. Like, it's so good. Oh, I I don't know if it was painful. I, um, 
I definitely like saw different facets of myself in different characters and to some degree that's uncomfortable, but, um, Oh, where was I going with that? I don't know. Wouldn't have been a mind boggling thought anyway, but I guess, uh, but I get, Oh, like, but I, this is probably quite obvious, but I was just like, Oh yeah. Like Owen Wilson's character is just the Woody Allen character, but Woody Allen was too old to be Woody Allen in this movie or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, he's totally playing Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't have the Woody Allen stutter. I can't, I don't know. Woody Allen's fine, but just watching him, I don't like, I don't like the way, I don't like him, <laughs> but I like his I movies. Feel, so I, I, feel, I thought this was great having Owen Wilson because I like Owen Wilson, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I feel like I saw like a satire of like every Woody Allen movie ever kind of a deal and they like sat they like made fun of it and i feel like i was watching that the whole like this is like every woody allen movie into one you know it was interesting well i loved it i loved it sean i thought it was great good i'm well, glad <laughs> i was along for the ride and making notes yeah i don't like rachel mcadams but you're not supposed to which worked great and then um was i loved hemingway if, yeah, if that's my a, favorite part of the movie. If there was a whole movie of him just talking in a, in a car, talking about being brave and true, I, I would watch Have that. you ever truly loved a woman that made you forget death? <laughs> Go make love to her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I loved it so much. And then, uh, what is it? The uh, Adrian Brody. Yeah. The Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the fact that like, like the meta component of that he's, he's talking about a rhinoceros to a guy who has like, the most messed up nose in Hollywood, <laughs> right? And he's like, I'm gonna paint you as a rhinoceros. And it's like, <laughs> Owen Wilson's nose is just like, <laughs> you're like, oh, dude. I did a Wikipedia look up. a painful line to hear that. Like, I looked up Salvador Dali and it had a snippet of how much he was obsessed with rhinoceroses. So I thought that was fun. <laughs> it's a real thing. Hey, Jason, look up on YouTube, Midnight in Paris, True Love by Ernest Hemingway, car scene. Let's watch it real quick, just because I could watch it again. So while he's looking that up, this is another little gem from the IMDb trivia. But I guess like Woody Allen doesn't... Um, rehearses scenes he just like has the actors show up and just do it so this guy was like super nervous that he was going to get Hemingway wrong and just totally went full out and Woody Allen's like yep that's exactly what I wanted they just ran with it for the whole movie (laughs) I thought that was great that's cool hi Mr. Hemingway here let me just jump in The assignment was to take the hill. There were four of us, five if you counted Vicente, but he had lost his hand when the grenade went off and couldn't fight as he could when I first met him. And he was young and brave, and the hill was soggy from days of rain, and it sloped down toward a road, and there were many German soldiers on the road, and the idea was to aim for the first group, and if our aim was true, we could delay them. Were you scared? Of what? 
getting killed. You'll never write well if you're dying. Do you? Yeah, I do. I'd say it's probably maybe my greatest fear, actually. Well, it's something all men before you have done, all men will do. I know, I know. Have you ever made love to a truly great woman? Actually, my fiance is pretty sexy. And when you make love to her, you feel true and beautiful passion, and you, for at least that moment, lose your fear of death. No, that, that doesn't happen. I believe that love that is true and real creates a respite from death. All cowardice comes from not loving or not loving well, which is the same thing. And when the man who is brave and true looks death squarely in the face, like some rhino hunters I know, or Belmonte, who's truly brave, it is because they love with sufficient passion to push death out of their minds until it returns as it does to all men. And then you must make really good love again. Think about it. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Like, that if he scene. recorded an audiobook of, like, the <laughs> For Whom the Bell Tolls or The Sun Also Rises or whatever it is, Farewell to Arms, I would just listen to that all day. It'd be so great. <laughs> He's the villain in Ant-Man. I know. <laughs> and he was so bad in Ant-Man. <laughs> he was in, I think, the first season of House of Cards. Yeah. He was really good in that. He gets murdered. He looks better with hair and a mustache. Yeah, I think he's in Tinker Tailor, isn't he? In that one somewhere? I just watched that Silver one. Spider I don't remember that one. Oh, are we going to watch that for Movie Club? Oh, we should. Is that an okay R for you, Chad? Yeah. Don't, don't look at me. I've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're the ones. You, me like, and you talked talk... about, about it before. We both seen yes, it. Yes, we did. I didn't know if you were okay watching it. <laughs> That's fun. I think the first time, well, sorry, but if we end up talking about that movie at some point, like I, that movie was so complex that at the end I was like, wow, I really thought I was paying attention the whole time and I'm really not sure that I got it, even though I was emotionally involved like this entire time, <laughs> which was, which is a really strange, but um, I, I kind of liked the feeling also, you know, that somebody in somebody's mind, they had created something that the world held together, like, that tightly and yet i wasn't really allowed in like that was that was kind of cool so mm-hmm. yep also when hemingway says who wants to fight when they're <laughs> yeah. in front of the carousel it's his <laughs> last line in the movie is it that's the last time you hear him yeah yeah because then he goes to like africa to go hunt some right something i don't know oh a lion have you ever shot a lion in the face? <laughs> yes. Marilyn Coach first Have you ever shot a charging lion? Would you like to know that feeling? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, I mean, I guess it, it could probably be true of all Woody Allen films, but it's like the the writing is, if not everything, it's, it's a huge component, right? Where he's just this guy who pumps out a script a year and until recently was putting out a film a year but then if you close your eyes and you just listen to what they're saying like maybe what you were talking about with the audiobook like it really is a pretty good ride still like his his writing is so clever it sounds like Woody Allen the character is not your all-time fave Chad Chad but um the writing <laughs> like I I kept on like just jotting down lines where I was like that's 
so funny, you know, or so clever. And I mean, he has the same vocabulary more or less that we do. And yet the way that he spins it seems so much more hilarious, at least than anything I can produce. So I loved it for that. There were some fun, awkward pauses too. Yeah. Where they just like, it, let it sit. Didn't it win the Oscar for best original screenplay? It won for something. I think oh, that's I what it know. was. I don't think there's any way for us to find out. Everyone stop. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. That's just going to be a mystery. We'll never know, Sean. Also, we'll we just need to like, let's live <laughs> the way <laughs> that we used to for a second before Google. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did take some analog notes of my favorite lines. Can I tell you, too, that like make me laugh every time? Yep. Like, yes. One where he's like with his almost future father-in-law who doesn't become his father-in-law. <laughs> And he says, I'll be perfectly frank. I'm not a huge Francophile. Like that, like, like that's just awesome, right? <laughs> be perfectly frank. And then the other one where they're at the wine tasting and the Paul character is like sex and alcohol that fuels the desire but kills the performance. And then Owen Wilson without missing a beauty is like, well, speak for yourself, you know? <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, like so good crypto-fascist airhead zombies describing the tea party and uh, well, all the, 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 the setup tuberculosis. The setup for um, describing his father-in-law's politics is really funny because he's like, we can agree to disagree, but you'd That's have to be a total <laughs> nut job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like just throwing him under the bus so hard. Oh, I was watching Michael Sheen on Celebrity British Baking Show, and he's um, he's so frantic and so bad at baking, <laughs> but it's fun to see him that way. And then also he's on Good Omens with David yeah. Tennant. I thought that was a pretty good miniseries. They were pretty good. That's all. I like Michael Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite scene in the movie is that scene in the surrealist and the first time with the surrealist the first time it was because of adrian brody but i've watched it a couple times more recently and uh when he's describing his predicament to the other guy and he's like yes that makes perfect sense <laughs> <laughs> i like how I serious those two characters were yeah they just yeah, come yeah. in Sit down uh-huh. next to him and then just stare at him, straight faced, yeah. listening to everything they say. I'm like, man, I want to be that intense and serious. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's never happened to me in my life, and I would be so put off if someone did that to me. Well, and it's such like an awesome contrast to the other people who are playing those characters from the 20s that are all over the top. They're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, like great. Really I mean, do you think the <clears throat> I don't know, like, do you want to talk about, like, the, the price of genius or whatever? Is Are the characters and or Woody Allen and or just us as viewers, like, is there some sort of commentary being made there, you know, like, to be truly great? I don't know. Because Owen Wilson's character is, is battling the, the whole time, right? Like, he's like, if I hadn't sold out and if I hadn't become this hack... And I could have written the great American novel, but then all of these people who are 
like canonized or whatever are are also insufferable sometimes you know and so i don't know is there do you think there's actually something to that or is that what think you I didn't think of that while I was watching it, but I really liked what you just said. <laughs> sounds good to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, it's like meeting oh, your yeah. heroes, right? Like you think about, I want Hemingway to be serious, like that character all the time. But I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure he was like obnoxious a lot of the time as well. But not, yeah. But if I went back and met Hemingway, he would be just like that in the movie. <laughs> well, by all accounts, he thought of himself as like, the greatest writer of his time like like <laughs> so like all of that that stuff about like i can tell you before i read it i'm gonna hate it i'm either gonna hate it because it's good or i'm gonna hate it because it's awful um like all of that stuff seems to um seems accurate of um of the accounts that i've heard about what he thought of others writing but have you seen like the the Michael Jordan documentary or whatever, where, I mean, like, here's this, like, my idol from childhood, and you watch it, and you're like, you're just, like, not a good person, but you're just the best basketball player. Like, and then we wouldn't have admired you and loved you the same to the same degree if you weren't the best basketball player. But it's weird because we, we actually do love you in spite of the fact that you're not, like, a really great guy, which is seems counterintuitive right like we kind of idolize this thing that they do but not the person who they are well that's how i can like woody allen movies because i was wondering who was going to go there i'm glad you opened that door (laughs) yeah he's the worst right i mean that i i mean his treatment of of women in his films generally and in this film in particular does make me uncomfortable yes yes like the female characters were the worst and one-dimensional at best it was it was uh it was frustrating well and and then the the person who he lands like who he ends up with seemingly at the end is is the least least developed of all of them and is also the one that's much much younger than him yes yeah, that that kind of bothered me because it feels like the like his character arc, what they're going for. I mean, it's pretty like ham-fisted. Like he's obsessed with nostalgia, and then he's confronted head-on with it, and he realizes it's not all it was meant up. It was, you know, that he thought it was, and he has to live in the present. But throughout this whole narrative, he's like with his fiance, and his present life is kind of defined by her. And then he goes in the twenties, and it's not really like solidified, crystallized form until he meets a girl there. And then the end of the movie, it's another, like, he's still defining himself by all these women. And like you said, the one that he ends up with at the end is much younger than him, which seems especially problematic in a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because all of the things that he's accused of, you're guilty until proven innocent, and then after proven innocent, still guilty anyways, right? Like, mm-hmm. things were taken to court, thrown out, and then... But everybody's still like, yeah. I mean, these are all these are all valid critiques, but I still I still love the movie. Yeah, (laughs) I I do too. But I um, I 
I'm conflicted and I don't have a definite opinion about like separating the art from the artist type of thing, you know? Um, and do you guys in, listen to Michael Jackson music still? Or do you turn? I never radio? really did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like, if I start tonight, then I'm starting tonight, you know? That's funny. But, um, Sometimes you hear it in the radio or, or in this, in the store. I'm like, Oh, they're still playing this in the store. Huh? That's bold. No, the the truth is I used to have Michael Jackson music on my phone that I didn't listen to, and now it's not on my phone, and I still don't listen to it. So I watched the documentary. I'm like, I'm deleting this stuff. Yeah. And yet, you know, if you go, like, to classical musicians or classical artists or something, the stories that might be told about them now, you know, they'd be pretty offensive on all kinds of levels. So. Mm-hmm. We do live in a very, uh, I mean, just we glamorize history and we we skip over the, the nitty gritty and, and, you know, sometimes when we start digging, the nitty gritty is pretty terrible, but. Yeah, and potentially can overshadow whatever type of pristine thing was trying to be created in the first place. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, Woody Allen, it'll be an interesting one because. I don't think the, I mean, we're all going to know that he married his stepdaughter, but we're never going to know if he sexually abused a different uh, stepchild. And, and that's, that's a weird thing to, to try to think through. Are there more Woody Allen movies recently or I don't, I haven't paid attention. Yeah, there, there have been a few or at least a couple that I didn't see. There was one with like, Kate Blanchett and Alec Baldwin and Oh yeah, she won the Oscar for that, right? I didn't see that one. So we can't look it up, Chad says. We'll never know. Oh. <laughs> That's speculation. It'll stay speculation. I won't look it up, but it's called Blue Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> was that after this? Um, yeah. I'm I'm fairly certain. Okay. But you'll that. have to not you'll have to not look it up, baby. <laughs> Oh man, IMDb is just a, so close. <laughs> I know Cafe Society was after this one too, which was supposed to be good, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, and then there's coming full <laughs> circle with uh, your previous conversation about Greta Gerwig and Chalamet. I think they were. I, I don't. I think they were in a film of his that, or maybe multiple films of his that will like may never be released or something like that. So, I think there's something like that going on. Um, it, it's interesting because I think this is tying into the themes of the film a little bit, like this idea of the way that we glamorize the past, right? Like, uh, it's very brief, but one of the people that opens the 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 car door for him is T. S. Eliot, um, mm-hmm. and T. S. Eliot and Ezra Pound. Uh, were both uh, modernist poets who we read and celebrate now who were both uh, fascists at the time. So, like, they, they were, like, they had really bad uh, views in the world. Um, but, like, we... Yeah, we could... It's, for the most part, like, that's... Those are authors that are still read and studied and um, and not dismissed just for that. Yeah, and I, I think, like, this whole idea is something that's very 
thoroughly discussed, like the death of the artist, like can you separate the artist from their work? And I mean, I've explored that a little bit. And I think it like you can get to a, a comfortable place intellectually on either side of that argument, but I think it gets a lot harder when the artist is still alive. Like if I stream this movie on Amazon, then it boosts Woody Harrelson or Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen's uh, viewing numbers and probably makes him some more money. So I'm like supporting this person currently versus, you know, somebody who was a Nazi in the 40s. I can just say, oh, he was a product of his time. You know, Woody yeah. Allen's a product of our current time. Yeah. And and also like it's it's hard to make a distinction between like personal behavior and like views. Like, so, so, like, like, how do you distinguish between someone who, like, who's a sexual abuser versus someone who, like, was, was, was pro-fascism but didn't do really anything to enact that? Yeah. Yep. Well, going back to the movie real quick. Yeah, we got deep there. Jeez. I, well, no, good points, everyone. But I like how they uh, they depict the 1890s as like grimy and dark, and it has like this weird atmosphere with the, the gas oil lamps, lamps yeah, yeah, or gaps, and yeah, like yeah. the carriages, and it's just not appealing. Where the 1920s is just like vibrant, and there's jazz going on, and cars, and it's all upbeat. And then Owen's like, or Bill's no, like, why would you even like the 1890s? Like, what? And then she's like, why would you like the 1920s? I mean, that's that's great. And then but I was then asking he's Rachel, like Zoloft quotes or whatever, or right. like talking about Zoloft and antibiotics. Uh-huh. So like, I, was like, yes. I was like, that's right. That's why we don't go back. <laughs> All other reasons we should just go back. But like, who's gonna take their inhaler? So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. Do you guys have a time that you think you would fit in? A decade. I'm pretty happy right now. I don't know. Is this it? We're in the golden age? Yeah. (laughs) I I think, like, I fall into nostalgia trips pretty hard, but they're usually for, like, different times of my life and not, like, you know, somewhere where I haven't been. So I, I feel like very connected to the theme of this movie, but I don't feel like I should have been born in the sixties or anything like that, you know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, a lot of the authors and both in England and in the United States, uh, right up before the civil war. Like I'm a big fan of the transcendentalists and some of the other writers around that time. Um, but like, I would like to interact with those people. <laughs> but Man, like, if, all... if only you were born right before the Civil War. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I mean, same things going on in this movie, right? Like they're in Paris. Paris is going to invade it like a decade later. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is not a good place to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Well, and like. I'm a huge Thoreau fan, but he, like, died of a disease, like, that wouldn't be an issue now. Like, he was in his early 40s, like, barely older than we are. Like, I mean, so all those jokes about, like, medication and stuff are pretty apt. I have have questions. I think, I I don't know who all would take it on, but Sean, if I remember, 
you're quite the musician and or music aficionado. What did, what did you think about the music in the film? Was it, how did that go for you or Chad or anybody who is deep into music? I, I wish I were as musically literate as you think I am, but I really <laughs> did love the music. Like I, yeah. I, I did. So like I took a history of jazz class at school. So I feel like sort of aware of it, but I don't like listen to jazz music, but I, yeah. I, I really liked it. And one other thing I, I was reading about on IMDb is I guess um, Woody Allen is like a jazz musician, like amateur ish, but he has like a standing show in a New York club where he plays jazz clarinet every Monday night or something like that. Oh, wow. So like okay. he's super into it and like especially obsessed with like the New Orleans 1920s style of jazz. So I really like that. That was another thing that I guess we haven't talked about was I really love the Cole Porter in it like i i'm yeah. not very familiar with his music so this is kind of my first exposure to most of it but but yeah i really liked him and i love that kind of like tin pan alley sort of songs yeah it was well, great. I, and i i was impressed that they would let like long segments of of the songs play mm-hmm. because i feel like the 2020 version of of making movies you know like the car comes into Compton and it's like, and it's like, and then like three seconds later, it's like just some ambient like strings telling you that this is going to be scary. But instead it's like, sorry guys, here, here are two minutes and 33 seconds of this song, like take it or leave it, you know? And I, I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know if it was the director or the editor, probably all kinds of people, but. I appreciate yeah, like the it. movie opens with like three minutes of just yeah. Paris scenery so and music. Long. That was great. <laughs> and it, it, there was it, like I, it felt like like opening credits of an old school movie. Yeah. yeah. But there so were no good. credits. It was, it was so good. Save <laughs> the Paris. That was my favorite part. I Long, was like, my note is longest intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Like when they that were. That was really. I think they were watching Cole Porter in the in a restaurant or whatever, and it was just a really long take with the whole song, and it was Owen Wilson just watching and then looking left and looking right and, like, the realization that this is really happening. Like, that took so long, and I'm so glad it... I liked the pace. I, I like okay that. I like sitting <laughs> in it and this... Like, like... But, I mean... Not the intro for Jason. It's 113 and windy and dusty and it hasn't rained since february and i'm just sitting here watching like rain in paris with the air conditioning on I'm like oh man i love paris and i want to go to paris right now <laughs> <laughs> well and it is a love letter of sorts right to not just bygone eras but like the fact that owen wilson chooses to stay in the quote unquote modern part and the fact that it opens up with such you know a three minute what or, i don't know how long is it jason but the so long, so long. <laughs> but the that whole scene you know opening opening credits sans credits but it's just the whole song and there's all of these scenes and all of the you know real faces probably just turn the camera on and leave it there i don't know but it's an interesting interesting choices I, I thought that opening scene's really interesting because at first, uh, most of the shots are of just like of a tourist's view of Paris. Uh, um, 
and and it's I, I don't I don't know whether Gil's character like comes to have like a deeper like relationship to the city or not but in that opening scene it it suggests sort of the course of the movie where it's like this really I mean all of the shots are beautiful but it starts out just being all the tourist things and then at the end it's just streets it's just mm -hmm. people walking down the streets and I mean they're still beautiful streets because it's still Paris but it's it becomes more and more ordinary as the shots continue that's fun I like that thanks Anthony <laughs> I know everybody else is over here making comments like this and Anthony's like actually actually <laughs> you can see the whole if we can if we can elevate if we can if we can elevate the moment here <laughs> And I and I wrote down who wants to fight as my favorite. <laughs> so my deep thoughts that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah. Was that this movie made me feel really poor? Oh man, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I also wrote down that everything was kind of yellowish. Yep. Mm -hmm. But like at first I was expecting them to use like the colors to represent like, you know, they go back in the twenties and it'll be a different color scheme, but nope, just the whole movie's kind of yellow. Yeah. It was a <laughs> twilight. Explain. It was a twilight color hue, the whole movie with like, mm. an, so the greens would pop, but yeah, I don't know. It was yellow. Might. Yeah. Very yellow. I noticed it too. Those are deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does make you feel poor, though, and they're talking about their uh -huh. $18,000 chair, and he's like, yeah, but we could, you know, and she's like, cheap is cheap. I was like, and that's, that's what we have at our house, broken and cheap. <laughs> like, it's going to be through that for a while. $18,000. It's like, oh, what does that mean, right? Buy my car, like, make my house payments for a year, like, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Insane. What do you got, Jason? I don't have any deep thoughts because uh i am uncultured swine so we're just gonna i should premise all this with saying i did not like the movie <laughs> you all seem to have liked it i did not like it. i loved it the first oh, time but... and i loved it the second time listen like i said uncultured swine but i'm i'm okay with that i just not for me no we're all looking forward to sharknado 4 man it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun <laughs> Okay, so uh, I, I, I feel like my childhood, uh, there was this fear of a certain thing, and they referenced it in this movie, and I thought it was funny, and then I realized it was 2011, I'm like, that's way too late to be referencing this, but it was Acid Rain, they referenced Acid Rain, and I remember in like the 90s, that was like the fear of all children, it's like, Acid Rain's gonna kill us all, and then they referenced yes. it, the 2011 movie, I'm like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, totally. I remember I was in fourth grade in Mrs. Harrell's class, and we were reading some, like, basil reader, and there was a picture of, like, a gargoyle with part of its face, like, that had been, like, eaten away or whatever. She's like, and she, and she just went off on this whole tangent, you know, like, acid rain, guys. Like, none of you are going to have skin when you're in 30 or whatever. <laughs> like, what? We're not. We're not. <laughs> and I, I so Jason, that that's funny that you brought that up. I totally. Is there a lot of pollution in Winslow, Arizona? 
<laughs> yeah, all 8,000 people are just burning through the ozone over there. <laughs> it's like there's no rain anyways, let alone acid rain, So, but it, it was still terrifying to us. What else? Me still? Yeah, I want to yeah. hear what you don't like. I want to hear about you yeah, right. too. Uh, my comment, what my thought was, uh, when he went back and forth between times and super confused, I was like, did he just get roofied and like, cause he was like <laughs> drunk or whatever. And then he's like, pass, he's like half passes out on the steps and then he goes into the, like this dream sequence or whatever. Was this your time first travel. time seeing it? Yeah. Yeah. Never seen it before. So did you know that they were going to time travel? Uh, so the only thing I knew about it was the name. Uh-huh. Owen Wilson, yep. and that it was categorized as romance slash fantasy. I'm like, <laughs> fantasy? And then, the dragons? And then I, you know, I figured the it out. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna, it's gonna be like a time travel thing or whatever. Um, so was that surprising you... when they did time travel? Uh, a little bit. Like, but not well. I figured it out because because they were like he was waxing uh, poetic about it. So I'm like, oh, I'll bet he. I mean, I I kind of saw. Yeah, they're pretty heavy-handed with it. Okay. But I but I I just imagine like oh that like he's just he just got roofied and this is the dream he had while he was roofied. <laughs> I I mean I think I think the movie's borrowing on some pretty common tropes like the fact that he has to be like really drunk that first night um, when it happens and. Uh, you know, eventually you have, like, the detective who gets stuck, like, traveling mm-hmm. farther and farther into the past. <laughs> but but there is, like, this strong suggestion that in, then in a lot of ways this is just him, like, maybe it's literally happening, maybe it's not. It's just a movie, so why does that matter either way? But there is, like, this strong suggestion that it's, like, some psychological process that he's having, right? Like, that maybe he needs to be inebriated to have, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, and that that was one of my notes that I have too is that I really like that it doesn't have any explanation of the time travel. Like that's really fun too, you know, when you're talking back to the future and how does what you do in the past affect the future or whatever. But I also like he's just in the past now and who knows, like mm-hmm. we don't need to get into the weeds. Well so, yeah, it was and... a it was a past, but everyone was like interested in him and picking him up mm-hmm. in a car. So it was like a Gill centric yeah. past yeah. which which would probably mean that it was in his mind or at least some type of, yeah, there's no explanation, but there doesn't really need to be an explanation because it's, yeah, it's romance slash fantasy and not science fiction. <laughs> well, except that the detective goes in the past too. I don't like that so, last scene. That last yeah. scene could just be left out. It's just yeah. to be funny. Yeah. yeah, but I thought about it afterwards. Like, there's no way he can go to Versailles. Like, there'd be so many guards. Like, he couldn't just show up I got mad at it. I don't watch it. You got mad about like the realism. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else you can hold like everything else. It, 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 you can maintain your disbelief or whatever. But There's like, no, no way that he would walk in on the king and queen of France in their bedroom in Versailles, and there's two guards. Come on, Woody Allen, you could do a better funny ending scene than that. I liked it. Oh man, I really laughed at that part. I'm sorry, <laughs> might have been again lower level humor or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I thought it was I fine was... while watching it, but then I thought about it afterwards. This is the problem. <laughs> Jason, I want to hear more about the stuff you you didn't like about it. Uh, okay, so 
I got, I got a list. No. Yeah. I don't uh, hear it all. So, like I said, the three things I knew was the name of the movie, uh, Woody, or not Woody Allen. I didn't know Woody Allen. I'm like, oh, man, it tricked me in watching a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> um, but Owen Wilson and, and the romance slash fantasy. And Karen's like, so what? That night where she was like, so what the heck are we watching? And I'm like, I don't know. All I know are these three things. And she's like, romance. So they... They got you watching a chick flick? All right. She got all excited. <laughs> did Karen watch it with you? She did. Did she like it? No. Also hated it. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's something. This is maybe like splitting hairs. How did he have time to sleep? That guy was... Well, I mean... Obvious, well, okay. Did he time travel? That's the question. It feels like a no because it's like, here's everyone you could ever possibly ever <laughs> think was awesome all in one spot here you go you know like not that's probably not how it went down in paris right and, and they all hang out together too um and then and then like at the same time the guy gets caught in versailles or whatever but like okay let's assume he did he was there right yeah midnight he's out partying <laughs> he comes home and his wife's like or Beyonce's like, all right, let's wake up. No, like he would be, he would be so far gone. He, he would sleep all day. <laughs> all right, that's like a good I don't think you lived. Did you live in Q Hall, fifth floor? All right, <laughs> but we slept through classes. That was the that was the trade off. He's not sleeping through his days. All well, right, he's writing a novel during his days. Yeah, he has access he's got to no time. time travel. He has as much time as he wants. There you go. <laughs> so does time pause for him to do these activities? To they don't explain it. Yeah, he so gets it back whatever you want it to be. He gets back at at twelve oh one, and then just walks back to his house, and then goes to sleep for the rest of the night. Yeah, I guess. That's a good movie, Jason. Keep on going. All right, look, well, you ready for me to pick it apart? This is my biggest thing that I hated hated about it. He's like at the market. He's like wandering around. He picks up a random book. Oh look <laughs> I don't read French, but I'm gonna this is significant somehow. I know it's significant. It's and a journal. Like, how does he know that it's a journal? That that it's the girl's journal and that he oh, man, that so, so. So, Jason, I'm going to actually jump on your bandwagon for just a second because I actually Please, really like this movie. But I actually, I actually wrote down a note about that, that same thing where I was like, oh, I, I feel like the, the writing was smart enough and the, the audience is expected to be, I mean, like whether they're pseudo intellectuals or intellectuals, it doesn't really matter, right? But like the fact that you're going to be name dropping all of these these artists and stuff it's going to appeal to a certain type of human and then to your point i i was like there's got to be a different way to yeah. to have this this revelation i thought right? about that too like, like he could have went like, to back to he, her apartment looked exactly or pulled out yeah, a drawer, and there was the journal not like in some random street market maybe they, they had say- that maybe they they cut it and uh yeah, like, is, is she is she famous that like her journals being published everywhere, or is that the journal that he happened to be? Because it looks like it was being sold at like just a little market. Flea market. You know? yeah. I don't think it was a published journal. I think it was like a handwritten journal. <laughs> what, are, what are the? Uh, 
No, it makes James, me wonder I'll, if there was I'll a scene that got that cut. Yeah. Where where the journal made an appearance or was supposed to. All right, let's watch the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> Next month. What do you got, Jason? All I'm right, excited uh, to not like your movie next month, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, all right, so the uh, casual cheating. Like, I, oh, yeah. that was like, oh, well, not a big deal. Like, he didn't even, I don't know. That made me upset. But well, I think. Like, I don't know if that's Woody Allen in general or or what. I mean, a lot of Hollywood. Well, that too, but I, I, I feel icky. Yep. Well, he kind of, and he kind of addresses it just in a, sh- a few short lines of dialogue, right? Where he's, oh, I don't know if he's, when he's talking about maybe imagining the menage a trois thing, you know, it's like, I'm going to keep that image in my mind for a while. Or, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. When she's like, we had this girl teach us all of her tricks. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then, but then somewhere in there, he was talking about like, you know, you know you people you europeans and maybe people from france specifically are way ahead of us and he's yeah he was like idolizing it yeah and and i think that's one of those things where when we talk about separating the artist from their art like i don't i don't know i think whoever that person is ends up showing up in the in whatever they make you know i think if hitler wrote a book and it really was just supposed to be about like the changing of the seasons or something like somewhere in there, it would, like you couldn't get all of the Hitler out of there or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're talking about how horrible a person Gil kind of is, like he did steal his fiance's earrings to give to another woman. And then <laughs> yes. like, they just play the whole thing off as comedy. Like, I yes. think that's the thing is they just make it like so lighthearted that if you're not looking closely, you can just kind of forget all the horrible well, stuff that he's doing. That scene goes even further where it becomes about them blaming the room service people. Yeah. Um, and she so, calls the help, yeah. The help. Right. And so it becomes, it becomes, because it's, she's so much worse, you sort of forget about his indiscretion because yeah. she's so horrible. Yeah. I, I do love in that scene, though, how they call the hotel... Um, doctor and then they call the hotel detective <laughs> is that a thing that's like that's your title like, no, hang out i felt like that was straight out of like a west anderson movie or something uh-huh. like call call the hotel doctor and also call the hotel detective <laughs> you know? like that was great man i i love that line i have I have one thing that i loved about it that i was waiting for because of what i um something that a buddy had shown me Okay, so just follow me down a rabbit hole just for a second. You know how um, Owen, Wilson, Owen Wilson like always says, like, wow. 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 And then, like, <laughs> okay, and so then, like, so then they have, like, all these mismatches, like, where um, where he becomes, like, Tom Morello's guitar, like, and it's, like, for Bulls on Parade or whatever, it's like wow, 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 wow. Come with it, anyways. Okay, so um, but, but but he only says wow one time in this movie, and it's like way, way, way at the. It's very at end. the very end. It's yeah. when he sees the girl on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, it's all. I, the way. Oh man, I didn't even notice. And I was, like, I was like, is he gonna throw some wows in there? Because I, I am. There probably dozens per film or something right like he, he does this thing and there was this it was only one and it was on the bridge i i wonder if he was holding off 
the whole time because he was like held to strict like i put a semicolon here i want a deep breath i put an m dash over here i want a small breath and fine you get your one wow but that's it you know like I, I wonder, <laughs> like, but that was something i actually loved that he still got a wow in even in a woody allen film that are probably like you know got these pretty strict confines the most uncomfortable bit of dialogue in the whole movie for me is at the very beginning when he and Rachel McAdams are like looking at the Monet lily ponds and she's like, you're in love with a fantasy. And he looks at, there's a slight pause and says, I'm in love with you. And it's just <laughs> like, so it's like such a weird delivery and like, like, and it's like so suggestive of a very dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, um, that. So I don't. I don't know what to make of it. I was just very uncomfortable right at that moment. I really like the way that it starts out, though, because it's like you hear their voiceover as this, as you're seeing like titles, right? And you already know in in those three seconds where it's just words, like, oh yeah, this relationship's hosed. Like, there's no way this is. I, I don't know. It's. Pretty... Uh, it, it's interesting that she's like that even though in some ways she's like the villain or the antagonist, uh, like everything she tells Gil at the beginning of the movie is correct, right? Like that you're in love with the fantasy, like you should live in the present uh, or the things like that uh, Michael Sheen's character says to him about nostalgia. And, um, it, it's, I mean, it, what, like you were saying, Jason, seems so representative of a Woody Allen movie where the character we're supposed to like, like and agree with uh, is still going to like show us all of his, all of his little things, all of his neuroses, all the things that are mm-hmm. uh, wrong about. He's not necessarily going to be like, even though he's the character that is ultimately the good guy, he's also going to be wrong about a lot of things. Yep. That's great. Jason, what else? <laughs> All right. Um, Where were the dragons? There was a few things like... Yeah, they, this movie would have been good if there were dragons in it. Yeah, they said it was a fantasy movie. <laughs> Where are my elves at? Where are my elves at? Uh, let's see. The, uh, there's that one scene that made me think of this where... I don't remember, actually, the, the setup, but he's... He, Oh, he goes to find the girl, and then he goes, hey, let's go talk. And, like, on the way out, he runs into some guy that I'm supposed to know because, you know, I'm a literary person and all that. And he's like, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea if you did a movie about people talking and and they can't leave? I'm like, I'm supposed to know what this is, evidently, but I don't. So maybe someone can explain that to me. But... Um, but then I was like, wait a second, if this is real time travel, like, what are the effects of him time traveling? Yeah, he just messed it up. He planted the butterfly it. effect. Did he just, like, did he just kill that? He's like, whoa, I can't do that. That was somebody else's idea. Or, or like, did it change the idea? You know, like, what were the uh, repercussions? <laughs> um, everyone look at the camera and smile on the count of three. One, two, three. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Just doing a screenshot. I I looked that up actually on a trivia, and mm-hmm. it's an IMDb. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I want to see it. 
Sounds interesting. Those things like show up, right? Like on Amazon, if you kind of scroll over as the thing's playing or whatever. Or did I make that up? Oh, maybe. Probably. Yeah, they, they do. They do. I didn't yeah. try. I didn't I was, try it that way. I was casual viewing. Mm. With, and then I took two notes afterwards, and one of my notes is, who wants to fight? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, you guys had way cooler stuff than I did. Okay, my last thought. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With all of them. Uh, the quote that got me was, that was a dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> That was spoken by my wife and myself. <laughs> like, if you didn't like the first three minutes, you're not going to like the... Like, yeah. that's telling, Jason. <laughs> like, right. I love those first three minutes of Listen, the song and the scenery. And Anthony's analysis out was saying, so good. I started out with saying, I am uncultured swine. So I'm sure I missed... All the uh, the little things. You're not being self-effacing when you say that. You're being Whoa. like true. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We love you for who you are, Jason. I think it's I think it's got its its parallels, like what Sean was talking about last time around, where he was yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. He, he said, you know, I can tell this movie does a lot of cool things for the murder mystery genre, or whatever. But I just am not drawn to the murder mystery scene, right? And so. I don't. I don't think you have to justify that. Like uh, that classic argument of like merits and taste. Well, it has all of these nineteen amazing things. Shouldn't everybody love it? It's like no. I <laughs> I check all nineteen boxes and I can still put it in the. I like this other thing that has all kinds of flaws way better. So I think you should go down swinging, Jason. Don't right. <laughs> don't hop on our. Well, I, is that. I think that's it for the Midnight in Paris. Does anybody have anything else to say about oh, it? Oh, come on. There's got to be more. All I want to know is what Paul and Anthony think about Knives Out. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Did they even watch it? That's Did you question. guys watch it? I've seen that movie several times. I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan. Okay. So, yeah, I've watched it a lot. The Ooh. line about Gravity's Rainbow and nobody actually reads it, it was accurate and funny to mm-hmm. me. I only watched it one time, and I, um, I, I had some similar like rubs with the the accent, and um, and I think like my favorite movie that he made actually is Bricks. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's but, what I was just gonna say. If one of you can like sell Chad and Jason on Brick, because I feel like that was a really good movie that I just didn't like because it didn't connect with me, and somebody needs to get Chad and Jason to watch it because they would like it. <laughs> I think I think it's cool to see like Joseph Gordon Levitt become like be this child star on TV and then suddenly he's like this just just doing some really interesting things at that point in his life. Um yeah, but but I'm I won't talk about knives out. You guys you guys did such a good job. I I loved listening to it. It was so funny hearing you like struggle through the the trailer and like <laughs> and like and just try to start out. Yeah, no, but like, like, and hearing like the the echoey sound, you're like, can you guys hear that? Hear that? Hear that? And just, and I, I I listened to it when I was walking, you know, to and from work, and 
I'm sure people just thought I was out of my mind. He said this smile, <laughs> smile from ear to ear underneath a mask, you know, just like really excited to hear my 17 years ago associates. Like I, it was, it was so cool for me and also so weird. Cause I, I was trying to imagine what you guys looked like as not 18 year old kids. And you guys were all talking about like long beards, long hair. And I was like, what happened to everybody? What, I, I want to see, you know, yeah, it was, it was, in my pocket and I was just listening. So yeah. Anyways. Well, I've got the podcast out on, um, whatever I use anchor and shared my stats with Jason. And there was four views, four listens, <laughs> and there still are four listens. <laughs> I, I was trying to convince Carrie to come on for this one. And she's all nervous. Like, Oh, I'm not going to know what to say. And then it's going to be recorded and people are going to watch. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> no, nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> nobody's going to hear what you say. <laughs> These five people. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh. Nobody else cares. No, <laughs> nobody else will know about it. This episode. 190,000 yeah. viewers fewer than Jason usually has. <laughs> that, that blows my mind. Like I, I, I searched you immediately. As soon as, as I heard that, I was like 190,000. I'm impressed with like people on Facebook. You just Facebook. hit 200. So we're pretty Okay. Bad. Okay. So, so like, I'm impressed with people on Facebook who can really say they know like a couple hundred people or something. You know? like, <laughs> Two hundred thousand is is mind-boggling to me. Crazy. Yeah, so crazy. What at what point can like you quit your day job and monetize that? And... I I think I, I was doing some math or whatever, some thoughts. Well, I mean, you got you got to deal with like self-employment tax and yeah. you know. Uh, healthcare and all that nonsense but i'm pretty sure if we weren't if it was just clint right doing his own thing uh he would be comfortable at this point but since it's like three split three ways you know not comfortable yet so maybe that we grow three times then then we can all be like super comfortable so is everybody is everyone on board with like pumping out weekly videos for it's exhausting a, forever like how long i don't know is there an end date what do you th- there's no end date okay um but the end i'm like man how did we gosh dang it how many videos it always comes back to reptiles <laughs> like how many reptiles can you like focus like oh there's so many reptiles <laughs> <laughs> we barely even freaking scratch the so screen. are you like an expert and on then, reptiles now jason oh, oh all right so first off, we're not limited to reptiles. We've we've done uh, insects or arthropods and, and all that stuff, right? And like like birds for crying out loud, which arguably reptiles, um, and and all this stuff. And I want I, you know I took upon myself. I'm not an editor. That's not my thing. But I took it upon myself because I wanted to make this thing happen to be like the editor or whatever. And so I have to watch the dang thing like. 10 times it's ridiculous <laughs> but like every every fact like ask about any freaking reptile and i will tell you <laughs> will never end well and that's the fact spacing. that you ca- the fact oh, that yeah. you called the insects arthropods shows me that you really are an expert <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. and that's space in your brain like 
you're making room for the reptile stuff, but other stuff has to go away. Yeah. Right? yeah. So like, you, you need to, you need to think deeply about that. Like your <laughs> level of engagement, the degree to which you really want to invest in this type. I mean, my, you're gonna, uh... your dementia years, you're going to be just on a cycle, right? Where you're talking about like, you know, so all the reptiles is growing his reptile brain and then <laughs> it, it loses the culture side where you yeah. can appreciate Woody Allen romance fantasy movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that I, that I just want to be on record that I feel like I'm more between Jason and everyone else. Cause I like, I, I think the characters are so shallow. <laughs> like, 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 so just, I'm, and it, I mean, I think it's okay. As long as you like know that you're supposed to be like laughing at these people, then that's okay. But um, but like, I sometimes I want to. I, I don't. I guess I don't need every movie to be this way. But I want to come out of a movie like feeling like people are good and like I just didn't. And like other than Hemingway, like I don't know if any of the people were. And Gertrude Stein was very generous with her time. She was she was a good person, but there was a lot of not good people. Mm. Well, but something you brought up earlier, like the surrealists, maybe they were though. They were like, yeah. no, that, those guys were cool. They were those very, were cool. very invested in each other, and their party those had a completely cool. different vibe. Like, where there was a lot of love, even though it was, you know, taxidermy uh, tigers and all kinds of stuff in there. So yeah, I don't know. Those guys were cool. Yeah. Hmm. Excited to see what you choose, Jason. I am too. Oh crap! Okay, so I, <laughs> I had I had two thoughts. I, two movies. One movie came to mind immediately, uh, and then my wife brought up a second one that we really liked. Um, but I feel like I'm picking these movies. I, I like them. I like them a lot. But I feel like I'm picking them because I know we're gonna pick them apart. You know, and I'm like. I gotta, I gotta, I don't know. It's gotta be good <laughs> enough for the team, you know. Like I can't, I can't come in here with like Transformers Four or something like that. You know, well, I have a lot to say about Transformers. Yeah, 4. <laughs> yeah. I don't like Transformers at all, but I feel like I could have a very long conversation about it. <laughs> well, I think when it comes swinging around to my turn again, I might go with like a From Russia with Love James Bond movie. Fun. That's I like that one. Well, and like those and it's probably B&C, not very good. <laughs> and like B and C cinema, like some of the A directors, like those are some of their favorite movies, right? Like so, I don't know. You don't have to. Yeah, Jason, what are you, what are you thinking? What's your okay? A and B? Well, I'll tell you my B. Do Coco. Yeah. Coco's great. Um, I could watch Coco again. again. My B uh, is not widely available, so I I, oh. I mixed it off. Um, and it's a it, it's more widely uh, probably a accessible. We'll say that, uh, but accessible. In, uh, well, anyways, my B was yesterday. Have you guys seen that one yet? Uh-uh. The, Beatles. Beatles. the Beatles. The Beatles ripoff. I, I remember I seeing the preview. I I really liked the the universe. It was really fun. It was okay. an interesting idea. Uh, it was really fun. But it's it's the Beatles. He. I don't know. You guys can look it up, yeah. but it was a fun one. 
Uh, but it's not like on any streaming service yet, so so we can't watch that. So one. Redbox, but maybe. Um, well, who does Redbox anymore? Well, it's at Smith's down it's the street. It's a Redbox. It's a it's an app too, though. So we could do that one. Uh, I'm I'm these two. I'm I'm open to the next one. I watched. I was in San Francisco. I want to say with my boss. We went to a expo, and my boss was like, "Hey." let's go see a movie. And I'm like, all right, let's go see a movie. He's like, I know exactly which one we're going to go see. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and if we got to go to this place at this time, I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, it is a, uh, and then like once I was, we were on our way there, almost there. He's like, just so you know, it's a black and white silent movie. And I'm like, what did I sign up for? Uh, but it's the artist. Have you guys seen the artist yet? Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the artist. I had forgot. Yeah, it was really fun. So that it, I, I dude, don't stay your uncultured swine. If you just suggested the artist, I wouldn't have watched it if it weren't for my whatever. That's that's way highbrow, man. The artist, the artist beat out Midnight in Paris for the best film Academy Award. So it's totally appropriate for a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I would pick. I think it's on Netflix, so let's Yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. You don't want to do Ant-Man versus the Wasp so you can see (laughs) so you can see uh, Hemingway's character? Or was that just an Ant-Man? Just the first one. It was? Cool. (laughs) Well, decide, Jason, and let us know for next month. No, it's right now. I'm deciding. The artist. Okay. It's been a while cool. since I've seen it, so I'm excited to see it again. Yeah, I only saw it once many, many moons ago. <laughs> I think we're going to keep it Friday, a Friday in September. Probably not 9-11. How about 9-18 as a tentative? Sound good? Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're on lockdown here. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> cool, guys. We're at an hour and 20 of recording. Any final words? Oh, Jason, one more thing. Last thing from your list. What did you hate about the movie? And then we'll then we'll end the podcast. <laughs> no, that was that was all of it. That was it. Yeah. All right. I went through the list. Hey, uh, I am recording the video portion of this. Do we want that? Uh, no. Unless you're you're gonna use it. Are you gonna use it? I'm not gonna use it. No. I was wondering if you wanted to use it. No, I actually record the uh, video in a Camtasia and then just save audio only from that so I actually have all the video or potential to make all these videos and that's not going to happen because Jason's Jason's an expert at this he can edit it down to a 10 minute 31 second YouTube (laughs) video and get us 200,000 views yeah Yeah. you guys want to make money or not come on (laughs) so I've been using the, the screen capture screenshot of us smiling at a camera but that's not like viral clickbait. <laughs> so Jason, do you make like the thumbnail? I I used to. I hated it. But so my goal is not to be the editor, right? Like so I'm not to be the thumbnail person. Like so I'm It slowly... sounds like you're trying to create a media empire where you have this YouTube channel and now you're gonna have Chad's podcast. Like you should do it. <laughs> Reptiles and podcasts. <laughs> Reptiles and movie clubs. Yeah. And then sometimes talking about Q-Haw. Yes. Man. All right, cool, guys. Any any last words before we sign out? 
I just want to say, Jason and Sean, it was so good to see you guys after so yeah. many moons. It was yeah, it was good to see you too, Chad. Me it's too, been man. a long time too, but I I love talking to you guys, You're beautiful human beings. Yeah, it yeah, was it's really been fun. Forward to this too. It's been fun listening to your podcast in the past, but it's nice. Like usually, I'm listening to them in my car, and I'm like trying to talk back to you guys, and it doesn't really work. So this is a nice <laughs> change of pace. Um, oh yeah, Paul. Um, Jason, Sean, and Anthony have all done like a It Holds Up podcast where we go over. Oh, I would love to hear the pulse. That would be awesome. Have you heard of that before? Uh, the notion of something that holds up or your <laughs> No, podcast. my specific It Holds Up podcast. It's, it's one of many Chadcast original podcasts. Um, I, I don't think I know about those ones. You want to send me. I'll send something? you a link of those if you want to okay. listen, and then maybe you can. Join Tell me. the premise. Okay, so you pick two songs from your teens, one song that holds up and one song that doesn't hold up. Oh, wow. What that, that you liked. So I liked, I don't know, I've done ten episodes and I'm running out of songs. Jason did one guys, episode and went through his... Like, <laughs> what's that? Oh, but Do you really bear your souls, though, or do you, like, do you give them... Do you give the world things that you don't actually care about? Because I feel like music is like this hyper personal thing where it's like, if you admit to what you love, fifteen year old, I don't know. Because that's yeah, part that, of yeah. the like tension and yeah. difficulty of the thing. That's part of the thing. Yeah, no, it's real. You pick a song oh, that I'm you really liked. About this. You pick a song that you liked, but that you don't like anymore. And then you pick a song okay. that you liked, that you you like still, and then. A song from now that you like. So it's three Gosh, songs. But, yeah, but Chad hasn't Chad hasn't listened to anything that's come out in the last ten years. I'm pretty <laughs> no, I've got a new song and it's on the radio and it's it's great. I got one that I like. Well, so. there I forget which episode it was, but you chose a Jenny Lewis song from two thousand five, and I was like, "This is a great song." <laughs> that was my episode. It's not modern. Yeah. <laughs> I also chose a Flight of the Concord song from. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. I was running out of songs, but Jason ruined his episode, or uh, ruined it as far Ooh. as any comebacks, because he just went through his whole music history from beginning to end, and he can't talk about anything else anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm excited to listen. Yeah, send me a couple of. So I've done ten of those. Okay. And uh, Sean yeah. did one, and then Sean and his sister came back for another one. So I think Sean's the only repeat besides my little brother Evan. I think he's been. What in, were like, yours? Three of them. What were yours, Sean? Um. Oh it's gosh, what did I choose? So I chose like a really bad ska song by Codename Rocky. Nice. There's one that didn't hold up, and the other uh-huh. one that didn't hold up was a gutter mouth song. You know, there was a lot of punk and ska back then. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember what I chose that held up. I can't uh, even remember now. I've got it, so it all listed on I that. I not like. I've got it all listed on that Facebook page. Um, whatever. It's a surprise. Yeah. Oh, you, I'll send you the links, and you can listen to them, Paul. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I Like I said, I'm... I live a mile and a half away from where I work and I walk every morning and walk back kind of my own little Walden experience or whatever. Oh yeah. And then the last episodes that we did, me and Anthony talked about instead of music, we did movies that holds up and doesn't hold up. And this is how we got the idea of a movie club. 
So And the book club, I heard about it last week. That's right. Yeah, it didn't happen. Chad was posting on Facebook about how it's not actually a good book, so <laughs> we got to choose a new one. Yeah, the Wicked is good. I didn't like it. You picked Cake. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I picked Cake, and did I, I think I picked Nick Drake for the other one, which only kind of counts because it's you know, from the early 70s, but yeah, I was but listening like, to it in high matter. school. <laughs> yeah, you were getting mad at me for a 2005 song. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that was the one that you were counting for your song from now that holds up. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> a decade and a half ago. <laughs> okay, very cool. cool. I'll, schedule yeah, I'll, with I'll, I'll schedule it with you, Paul, sometime. And then cool. we'll keep on doing this and try to get more. I think Rachel Whitty- Whitwer... And maybe Jessica Lining, and get your, get Carrie on here, Sean. I'll get yeah, her on the next one. On Jason, I, I probably could have talked her into this one, except she didn't actually watch the movie, so she would be going off her memories from when she saw it in the theater. So uh, that's true. I'll get her to watch the next one. Cool. Wait, so who's seen the artist? I saw it when it came out. Uh, I've seen yeah. a little yeah. bit. I don't think I saw the whole thing. So should, should I pick one that that you guys haven't seen or what? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's a matter. Yeah, I think I think it'd be really cool. I haven't seen it twice, and it's been a yeah. long time. Yeah, I'm ready to see it again. All right, say see ya. Bye bye. Right, hey, hey, Paul. This is Paul. What? This is, this is Paul Ricks. He is such <laughs> a weird looking Paul. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like Paul Ricks at all. All right, uh, see you guys. That's to his benefit. Yeah. Signing out. <laughs> when the little Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. Yeah. A word, starts to sing spring, spring. When the little blue bell in the bottom of the dell starts to ring, ding, ding. When the little blue clerk in the middle of his work starts a tune to the moon up above. It is nature, that's all, simply telling us to fall in love. And that's why birds do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it. Let's do it, let's fall in love. In Spain, the best Upper sets do it, Lithuanians and let's do it, let's do it, let's fall in love. The Dutch in old Amsterdam do it, not to mention the Finns, folks in Siam do it. Think of Siamese twins, some Argentines without means do it. People say in Boston even beans do it. Let's do it, let's fall in love. Romantic sponges, they say do it. Oysters down in Oyster Bay do it, let's. Let's fall in love Cold Cape Cod clams Against their wish Do it Even lazy jellyfish Do it Let's do it Let's
trick heels I might have do with Though it shocks them I know Why ask if Shad do it Way to bring me Shad Row in shallow shoals English souls do it Goldfish in the privacy of bowls 